0: Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you will be fine without it
1: we're doing is we, we sort of do an overtime episode for every episode that we're going to record and we're going to do that right now here with a live audience. So it's going to be like private plus. There's going to be you know, four or five hundred people here tonight and then whoever's listening to this in the private podcast feed and you get access to that if you contribute to, uh, to the Patreon account. So we have some questions here. Sean, this is where you'll like fade to black or something and then we'll, we'll turn this into a, a special private podcast (laughs) howdy good evening Uh, my name is Larry I'm from Burnaby and uh, really appreciate you guys coming all this way obviously you have a lot of fans here and uh, we appreciate the the message that you have Um, several months ago I was listening to one of your podcasts where you shared some of the the criticism that you received on social media um, about the message that you have and it was really quite entertaining and rather shocking that so many people rather than just simply ignore your message would go well out of their way to criticize what you have to say what do you think is is the reason what what bus- buttons are you pushing or, or what's the reason for this uh, criticism that you would receive on such a positive message that you have I think I think the well the, the the short answer to that is judgment is but a mirror that reflects the insecurities of the person who's doing the judging, and and I, I think there there are two types of of I parse out criticism from feedback, and and I I don't just graciously accept feedback; I seek it out, and usually it's from people who whose opinions I value. And so I will seek out feedback because it makes whatever I'm creating better. The reason our documentary uh, was so effective is because we were constantly hammering at each other, You know, the whole team going back and forth. It wasn't just one person's idea. We were all giving each other feedback and being willing to accept that feedback. And uh, in order to do that, though, you have to sort of create a space in which an environment in which you can thrive. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to get the criticism, which is, is mostly noise. Yeah, man. I have the same question.
2: <laughs> 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 no, you know, I think... Um, I try to put myself in, like, critic's shoes because I really do want to understand where people come from and not just like brush it off and be like well they're just jerks and you know we're <laughs> we're great and they're jerks like i don't i don't i don't i don't think that um but when i put myself in their shoes like the only way i can really come to a common ground is like everybody knows that money doesn't buy happiness but we all want to try it out just to see, <laughs> and I think that it stems from a lot of that. Where instead of someone, and I I have been guilty of this so much in my life. Instead of like looking at something uh, logically or um, stepping back and looking at a situation, like I will hold on to a feeling, and I think with the people who. You know, really come after us. It's it's a matter of like, they really have the feeling of like, no, like having a, a huge closet full of stuff. It does, it is going to make me happy, and it does make me happy. And uh, having a yacht, no, that really would make me happy. And and they hold on to that. And you know what? People are entitled to their feelings. But what I'll say is, just because someone is offended, it doesn't make them right.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Hi. Uh,
3: my name is Martha. I'm from Kamloops. Um, I wanna, it. Hi. And I want to say, first of all, Josh, thank you so much for your story about your mom, because it was a real epiphany for me. I lost my parents in early 2000s, and I have six of the largest Rubbermaid containers I could buy yeah. full of their stuff. And it, I recently saw your Netflix um, show, and it's made a huge difference, and it's allowing me to let go. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Um, And then the next thing I started decluttering, and I'm really glad you guys talked about values because one of the things I'm struggling with is I'm donating to Goodwill and I'm giving to friends, but I've just got so much crap that is going to end up in the landfill. And I totally struggle with that, that sense of not being responsible for my overindulgences. And I feel like it's not right for me to just be able to abdicate that responsibility and fill the landfill. And I just, I really struggle with that. And I just wondered if you guys have any ideas or whether you struggled with that yourselves.
2: Yeah, it's already in the landfill.
3: Well, actually, that's what my son said.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, it is. And, like, I mean, looking at it as a, as a sunk cost is probably the best perspective you could have on it. Because what's going to happen? I mean, you could hold on to it, great, like, and keep it out of the landfill it, well, you know, I would say, first off, now it's decomposing slower because it's sitting in your house. <laughs> um, but then it eventually Client will... Climate controlled. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it, it eventually will end up in the landfill. Um, I, yeah, I, I struggled with that, too, because there were things where like I couldn't donate, I couldn't sell, and I couldn't recycle. And I'm like, man, some of this stuff is just going to like end up in the landfill. Just because... I have spent, you know, at, at that time, I had spent 28 years really screwing up my life. Like it, it, I wasn't going to allow that to like hold me back from living a meaningful life after that. So, um, yeah, that sucks that you're gonna put some
1: stuff in the landfill, but stop doing that.
3: Yeah, that's my plan.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for your loss, and I, I know it's difficult to part with other people's stuff that. Uh, you have a sentimental attachment with as well um so so a few things when i was getting rid of stuff i i I put it into three piles it was sell donate or trash but that trash was sort of a a catch-all for several things one was can i recycle it right or repurpose it in some way um most things you can donate and, and find a good home for and so ryan and i don't advocate a zero waste lifestyle i to me, that is pie in the sky, and it actually deters people from being environmentally responsible. And so, what, we, what, what we're advocating is consume less, produce less waste. And, and so, going forward, I think that's what your mindset is. And I think it's important to continue to maintain that. But right now, the, the waste is already there. Your, your function at this point is to determine what is actually waste and what can be repurposed, reused, resold, um, and then what you're going to have to let go of. But uh, here's a pithy answer for you. You're going to have to let go to move on.
3: Great. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
2: I know we have probably one zero-waste person in this crowd right now,
1: and probably, yeah. There she is. Really sorry about the tickets. That screwed everything up for you. I know, <laughs> um,
2: uh, and I know there's people listening to this. I totally admire that lifestyle. By the way, um, I, I think that it is a it it is a very awesome thing to shoot for. It is it would be like me um, wishing that everyone in the world would become a minimalist. It, it's you know it's just not it's just not going to happen. But I totally admire it and. I'm totally a voice of compassion here, man. <laughs> I'm just like totally going out to the zero waste folks. Uh, I, I, I love you guys. And like, I'm so happy that you all do that. And I hope that one day I can like minimize my waste even more than what I do now. Um, so yeah. You're going to be less my than hat's zero off waste? To all, my hat's off to all of you. Yes. Less negative waste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I eat other people's trash. <laughs> Minimalism. What's your name, man? Where are you from? Yeah, hey, I'm Kevin. Howdy! So, nice to meet I you, man. From up
4: the street, basically. <laughs> cool. But, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> Kevin from up the street. All right. <laughs> uh, first, I just want to thank the guy that sold me his tickets and drove down from North Van ten minutes before the show, and uh, oh, beautiful,
1: man! Here, so. Oh, that's so, killer! Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Whatever
4: his name is, but yeah. Yeah. So basically, I found out about you guys kind of before summer, and uh, you know, watched your thing on Netflix, kind of read your book, so. As I started to declutter and get rid of all the weight in my life, I found out kind of what was left is, you know, the relationships in my life and the important things, and kind of the difficult part I'm having now is wondering how do I deal with the difficult decisions and how do I deal with, you know, the, there is a weight in relationships, like the weight of other people and other people's kind of problems, you know, your family and people close to you. How do you guys deal with that weight and what to let, you know, sink into your kind of day-to-day and what to kind of leave out like that's kind of where i'm at right
1: now ryan you want to tackle the relationships or will talk tackle the decisions yeah that sounds good um man i
2: <sighs> i try not to air too much dirty laundry of like my family's problems on on in public because i respect them and like i know that they don't want me like talking about their personal stuff um uh i will i will say this i think they'd be okay with this I got a, I have a brother in prison right now. Um he was addicted to drugs and it led him to um just committing a lot of ro- robbery where eventually he got caught and and like now he's in prison uh for felonies. And um that's just the tip of the iceberg in my family, man. Uh and, and that's, that, there's a lot of weight there. And there's a lot of weight with a lot of other things. But I'll tell you, like the best, the best way I can help what I'm learning, like the best way I can help my family is by being the best example possible and living the most meaningful life possible. And I, when I started, it didn't seem that way because there was so much pushback and there was so much um, judgment that was just being thrown my way because of the website and um, you know, me kind of pressing against like everything that our Western society is told to do. And uh, it took years and years and years. Um, I don't want to say years and years and years, but it took years. Like, th- I'll say my mom, she came out to visit me in Missoula two years ago uh for the first time maybe it was 3 years ago and um like when she when she uh got out her her luggage um the first thing she did is she like pulls out like this flower vase and like some candles and I'm like shit man like she's going to give me a present like like I mean it, you know it wasn't that big of a deal as much as I, like in my head I'm like okay I have to like oh this is great thank you And then, like, you know, I was going to, like, donate it or something. But, like, before I could even, like, really get the thought processed, she was like, hey, uh, here's some things I got for you. I know this is you and Mariah's new home. I love you. I'm really, really uh, proud of you for what you've done. And I just wanted to show you guys how much, like, I am am proud of you. And uh, I understand that these things may not fit well in your life, um, but... If they don't that's fine like just find them find, find them a good home for you know for me and that was the first time and it, it took up like three years until my mom finally was like oh like i I see where this is going I, I see how this is this is benefiting your life uh and and she respected it so I, I guess all I can say is like all that baggage all the baggage of my like my I will literally get a phone call once or twice a month with some, and I could just wow you with crazy family stories. Like
1: <laughs> It's always an emergency, too. Over the
2: next year, and it's always an emergency. Always an emergency. And I'll tell you, um, I'm there. I am supportive. I am loving. I am kind. Uh, but I will not let someone else get in my way of living a meaningful life.
1: Ryan, that reminds me of, uh, on episode 83, we had a, a friend of ours, Rob Bell, on on, on the podcast. And uh, I think the advice he would give you to distill it down is you're going to have to have a funeral for the way you wish things were with those other people and accept the way that they are. You know, if, I, if I were to give my pithy answer, it's you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. But but you can also accept what's going on for what it is. In terms of of making a decision, uh, if you're having trouble making a decision about something, or if you're feeling indecisive, it's because you don't have enough leverage. And uh, we we get we have a whole lot of shoulds in our life. I should work out. Should improve my relationships. I should start writing that book. I uh, should work on getting that promotion. I should start that hobby, that passion project. I should contribute more than I contribute should, read more. We should all over ourselves. <laughs> and the only way to make a change, to make a real decision, is to ta- ch- change that should into a must. A- and, and you need the leverage to do that. Think about a time that you've made, a, you've been so decisive. I'm going to do this, I'm going to start today, no more, I can't wait until the future, it has to happen right now. That's because you had enough leverage, and it was no longer a should, you said I must do this, and I won't accept anything less than, than what I need to accomplish. So you've turned those shoulds into musts, you'll, you'll be able to make a decision really easily. Thank you. Thanks, thanks man.
2: Thanks, Thank you, Kevin,
1: from up the street. All right, for the people, we got one more here. For the people who are listening to this uh, at home on Patreon, thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter. It's because of your support that we're able to build this uh, podcast and film studio. And we just want to welcome all the new members to our cult. (laughs) The Kool Aid is in the mail. Howdy.
0: Hi, my name is Carolyn. I'm from Burnaby. Um, Welcome. Um, So I had a question about minimalism. I've been decluttering my life, uh, physical possessions mostly, um, but now I'm finding myself at a point where detachment is um, almost like uh, I've taken it too far. So I know that Joshua, you mentioned that when your bag had gone missing, you're almost like, oh, that's okay. Like you don't, you weren't so upset about losing that one bag that one black shirt you had that you brought that was your extra shirt yeah um so for me i'm wondering if you have advice for people that might have taken minimalism um, too far in a sense of an emotional attachment being detached from certain personal relationships for example
1: i'm just thinking now like what if that was the only shirt i had with me I would be like, why the hell are you walking around with your shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> why, why was it in your bag? <laughs> like as you're standing there making your pecs dance. <laughs> My OCD was flaring up, so I couldn't wear a shirt. Um, man, uh, um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to, to have like, this, this radical detachment, as long as it's from the right stuff. And, and, and usually that right stuff is stuff. You know, when I say minimalism is the thing that gets us past the things so we can make room for life's most important things, uh, uh, you know, sort of the, the triple entendre there. But, but what I mean by that is the things are just things, right? And you are not your things. I, I am not my passport or the black shirt that uh, got stolen or, you know, my car or my house or, or, or whatever. Uh, the things should augment our experience of life. And when I bring something new into my life, I need to be able to afford it. That's important, right? And uh, uh, even like losing this stuff, I could afford to replace it because I have an emergency fund set up, right? And so I've been really deliberate about my finances over the last six, seven years. And um, I've saved up an emergency fund so I can deal with emergencies like that. That would be the perfect use case for an emergency fund. It's, you know, being robbed is an emergency. And, and so when I, when I detach, I want to make sure that I'm detaching appropriately. And, and, and I don't want to be detached from life. I want to be detached from giving meaning to stuff. Yeah,
2: I, I think you said specifically um, detachment from relationships. So when it comes to relationships, uh, it's part of my daily practice. Like every day, like I'm asking myself, like how have I added value to not just other people's lives, but like the people closest to me. And uh, I will go way out of my way to show my partner Mariah, Josh, Jess, Sean, to show them like how much I appreciate them, and I think that's important. So I think that you certainly could become too detached from people um, and it would affect your life in a negative way. Uh, So for me, like it's just asking that question, like how, how can you add value to the people who are are closest to you? Like what can you do for them to show them that you truly love them? It might just be supporting them too. Like it might just be listening to them. Like with, with uh, like my mom, it's just, you know, calling her and keeping up with her and I love the conversations we have and sometimes she wants to like, you know, rant about crazy reptile people conspiracy theory stuff that like, I'm like, yeah, those reptile people (laughs) really screwing up the government. It's a a big thing in America. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I'm kind of joking. Kind of. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, it, but, you know, even sitting through something like that, it's like I know that me listening to my mom is, is really doing a lot for her because she just wants to be heard. So um, if you're having feelings coming up that's saying, oh, man, like I am becoming too disassociated or unattached to the people around me, and, and, and it's like a visceral, that guilt feeling maybe like that's that is a that is a signal for you to change that is a signal for something to change um now you know don't feel guilty about it 10 years from now but uh yeah experience that guilt and act on that and like ask how can you how can you uh you know reinvigorate that relationship or whatever but yeah i i certainly um because as much as like Josh and I talk about getting rid of shitty relationships and you know cutting people out of your life who are um, who are trying to prevent you from living a meaningful life, like I still do stand by that. But yeah, you certainly don't want, want to get to a point where you're, you're just cutting everyone out of your life. I think minimalism, honestly, um, well, let me take a step back. There, there was someone in, somewhere in the UK, but they are like, minimalism, it's selfish. It's all about, it's all about like focusing on yourself and focusing on how you can improve your life and, you know, so forth and so on and i would say like that is that is the start i think it is, is to improve one's self but for me it was getting to a point where like i finally felt like i had enough time and attention uh after minimizing and 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 reeling myself in to give to, towards other people and i think ultimately like that is what for me that's what minimalism really comes down to it's it's about creating a simple life for yourself so you have you have the energy you have the time you have the other resources to contribute beyond yourself in a meaningful way so um yeah don't don't ever stop contributing
0: thank you